Right, good morning, everybody. Hello. Welcome to church again. So today, yeah, we're talking about values today. So everyone got one of these cards earlier in the year, if you're a regular attender. And we've been going through, um, I guess, what, what you'd say is our mission as a church, to connect, to grow, to serve and go. And that also can be your individual mission too. And I guess that's what we would hope as a church, that you apply this to your own life in an individual sense of you know, connecting <coughs> with one another, growing in your relationship with Christ, serving within your church, outside of the church, and then you know, part of that's just going out and doing what you can with what you've learnt and grown in. So we've gone through connect through a number of messages. We've gone through go, and now we're at this last point in there around I will, and it says, as a follower of Jesus, I'm hungry to grow and become more obedient in Christ-like values. So that's what we're going to cover off on today, and we have Russ right here today. So welcome, Russ. Hi, Mike. Hi, everyone. So for those that don't know, and I'm not sure I didn't catch whether you said that, Carl, but Russ um, heads up Vital Projects. And as a church, we, um, through our missions, we support Vital Projects for many, many years. And Russ has been active over 35 years developing programs in high schools to reach young people. And, um, you know, there's been hundreds of chaplains and youth workers that have been trained up to go out and, and there's been thousands, you know, probably thousand each year plus, I would say, young people that would be reached um, around, around Christ-like values and um, often it's those at-risk young people that's really important to, to reach with those values. But you know, all those values, it applies to us as well, you know, it's, it's really relevant to us. So it's really good it's part of the I Will series and we're going to talk a bit about that today. So I'd encourage you all to strap yourself in today because Russ Wright is on stage and he'll have you thinking, he'll have you challenged and um, there'll be a bit of interaction, so at some stage, be prepared to maybe stand up, perhaps. But um, mm. all I'd say is strap yourself in and, and enjoy it. It'll be good. <laughs> but um, I'm just going to ask a couple of questions, really, and, and just, you know, with Russ. But Russ is going to be doing most of the sharing here today, for sure. But the first question I want to ask you, Russ, it's a, it's a controversial thing. So a bit of controversy to start with. That's always cool, isn't it? A bit of controversy. So, Russ, I've heard you say that you don't, believe that God so much cares about what we believe yes yeah I've come to that conclusion Michael has anybody else come to that conclusion a couple yeah I think um, I don't think God really cares what we believe so much uh, let me explain why let's uh, talk about what we do believe as Christians so we believe what do we believe about prayer prayer is just um, what is it? It's powerful, it changes lives, changes ours, changes circumstances, it heals, um, it's our connection with God, uh, it feeds our spirit, that's really important. Yeah. So what do we believe about the Bible? Well the Bible is, it's a living word of God, every time you can read a verse it can jump out as it means something different. It's, it's a manual to how we can live and make life work and find happiness. It uh, has prophecy in it, it's like it's up to date, There's so many prophecies have happened, only a couple to go. Um, it's a love letter to us from God. So the Bible's important. So we believe those things. What do we believe about some um, gossip? Well, Christians, we believe that gossip is wrong. It damages. It actually is listed with alongside the murderers as sins. So it actually murders relationships and destroys um, connections between people. Um, so what do we believe about pornography? Pornography is Christian. It's degrading. It's objectifying. It's it's addictive. It destroys intimacy. And so we have these things we believe, right? But what about God's arch enemy, Satan? Does he believe the same things are true? That prayer is powerful and heals and that the Bible is, is, a, you know, is a manual and changes and is life and that gossip 
destroys relationships yeah. as well as pornography. So if, if Satan believes the same things as we do, what's, what's the difference? This was my journey. It's like, you know, I grew up at church and in a small church and we had these people who were spiritual and they knew the Bible back to front and prayed spiritual prayers and it was wow and everybody looked up to them. But as I got to know them in uh, my mid-teens, it's like, wow, these guys are really rude and they're arrogant and they, got, they lose their patience and, and they use their power inappropriately in their positions. And it's like, I don't want to be like that. Mm. And I remember, you know, I used to use, read my Bible every night, just a chapter and I stopped reading it for a couple of months thinking, well, if they're like that after reading the Bible and knowing it, it must be something more. And so from my search, I realized, well, what's the difference between us and Satan? It's like we actually value what this is, don't we? And so if, if we value it and he doesn't, so it's around That's good. we can do it and know it, but if we, won't, we can know it but not do it unless we value it. So we can know, oh, the Bible, we can believe that's really important to do our Bible reading every day, but if we don't value that, what's going to happen? Or praying for people, if we don't value that. Or around gossip or pornography, if we don't put values around what we believe about that and implement it, what's going to happen if we just believe it and don't mm. value it? So that's what uh, my journey's been, to just integrate these values. So um, in James chapter 2, verse 19, it says, um, you believe... There is one God, good, even the demons believe that and shudder. So that's, I guess, just totally verifies that statement straight from the scriptures that, you know, the, the, the devil and, and the demons, they do believe in all those things, but they shudder because mm. they know their values aren't aligned with that. So that's really good for us. Yep. And just to put a verse to it, James 2, it's about without, a faith without works is dead. So you can have the faith, you can believe it all, but if you don't work it out in your life, it, it doesn't mean anything. Well, you can have all the works do all these good things and hope that gets you to heaven but if you don't have the faith the connection with Jesus well then that doesn't work so it's about the faith and the works yep. and so often we can know it all but not actually do it mm. that's good so bring this back to values I guess all corporations and companies have values so I'm with mm -hmm. Bendigo Bank mm -hmm. and we've got a number of corporate values around leadership integrity passion performance um, engagement in there as well so the six corporate values and that's the values that are talked about that, that we're looking for staff to integrate into their behaviours in the workplace. So is it similar to that? Are we talking about with values? Um, okay, before I answer that, I would like you to have a go at it. If you wouldn't mind just pairing up with somebody and just for 30 seconds, talk about what are values to you. From all, what you've picked up in life, what, what does the word value, what's the definition of that? What does that mean to you? Okay, you ready? Go. Just 30 seconds. Okay. So what was the question again, Mark? Um, well, I guess corporate values, you know, as an organisation have a number of values. So mm -hmm. is that in line with what we're talking about today, Russ? Yes. Well, it's not, no, it's not really corporate values and it's not really uh, what we personally value, like our house or car or family. It's, it's deeper than that. Um, our values are invisible like this atom up on the screen. Um, they, you just can't see them. Have you heard about the invisible man who married the invisible woman? Well, the kids are nothing to look at either. Right? 
Some I, of you don't I, see I need my to do point. a disclaimer. <laughs> now, we all know the pastor Tim does dad jokes. This man was his mentor, so he's responsible. So, thanks, Mike. We've got this Adam, and it's um, and Adams, they're invisible, but they make up everything we do. That's why you can't trust them. They just make up everything. But um, Adams make up the fabric Carl of our physical society, <laughs> our physical world. Um, whereas values, I think, they make up the fabric of our spiritual world. And it's just understanding that. You can't see them until we're under pressure. Then our values show. Um, I think our values are the engine rooms of our spirit. That's what's, where it all happens. So if we're not... If you don't see growing in Christ-like values as important, well, then I think our, we're not really serious about following Christ. It can, our Christianity can be a bit of a hobby. Um, there's a, there's a, yeah, there is a visual about that. I think it's the next one. Yeah. So it's about improving our lives. If we want to improve our lives and change, we just need to work on our values. That's good. It can be that nice. easy. Okay. If you don't stick to your values... When they're being tested, you are not, they're not values, they're hobbies. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, that's where it lands. You've got some examples, I guess, of, of that a bit more, to tease that a bit more. Okay, I have, but I'd, um, actually, I'd like to do an activity first with the crowd. Well, I'd like to explain it and see what you do and get some feedback if you want to do it, okay? So would you help me, please, Michael? So we're action-based learners, but this is uh, an activity. I'll get you some feedback. I'll explain it to you first and see what you think. So you, you hold up the hand on the same side as vertical and then you get your fingers like this, okay, and you put your fingernails in. You don't have to do this, I'm just explaining it to you. You get the fingernails and stick it in the palm of the person you're with and then you hold it for about 10 seconds, right, and you're not allowed to laugh or smile. And then when I say go, you've got to tickle the palm and you can pull faces and try and make them smile, right? And that, that'll be it. So who's really keen to do this? Like, um, out of ten, both. A few. Not too many. A couple. Got five and a three. Okay. Well, we'll wait till later, maybe, and see how it goes. Challenge by choice. Okay. So what's some examples? I think that one of the greatest examples, Mike, is um, the fruit of the spirit. So Galatians 17, uh, 5:22. Now. Cheryl and I, um, we've done a lot of exploring of values in our ministry, and this is what we've come up with so far, that the first three, love, joy, and peace, um, they're the meta-values, they're the major values that the others actually are an expression of. So, you know, to love someone unconditionally, you just can't do that without practice, can you? Or to have joy in, in a, some hard situations, you just can't drum that up. Uh, or to have peace in really stressful situations, Without practice, you can't do that. Mm. So often, it's, um, they're the outcomes of the other values we find. Now, let's just look at love and how complex that is. So up on the screen, you see this is what's sort of often cited as many, uh, many weddings. Yep. I've just extracted the, the values, the positive ones. So love never gives up, so there's about commitment. Uh, it doesn't lose faith, so it's about being faithful and reliable. Uh, it's always hopeful, so it's enthusiastic, it's optimistic. And, in, and endures every circumstance. So tenacity and resolve and determination, focus and discipline, they are some of the values that it takes to love. Does that make sense? Hmm. So I guess tying that all together, I mean, 
there's a number of values. There's going to be some things that we might find easier. We might be able to love. We might have a bit of joy, a bit of peace or whatever. I mean, do we focus on that, what we can do well, and where does it all end for us? I mean, not everyone's going to be great at everything, are they? No. It's not going to be natural for everybody. So how they work together, I see, is, um, is the rest of them. Can you list them off, Mr. List? I can, Mr. Wright. We have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay, so if we have more patience and kindness, well then that's going to be more loving towards people. Is that right? Or if we um, have yep. gentleness and um, understanding, it's about, you know, when people are mourning because they've lost a loved one, that can be, that can be uh, more, give more peace in that and, some, and show some more love. But it's about a balance. This is a fruit. It's not fruits. It says the fruit of the Spirit. So it's about balance. So if you're kind and just you're really strong in kindness and that value, well, then you're just going to be used as a doormat, aren't you? And people are going to use you all the time and take advantage of you until you're exhausted and burnt out. So you, you need to balance that with, with self-control. So you get to a point where, no, wait a second, I've got my own family and responsibilities. I can help you up to here. I'll put boundaries around this. So it's about balancing the fruit and growing. You know, we can be natural at something, we need natural at patience, but we need to grow the other things that we aren't easily attained. How do we do that then, Ross? I mean, how do we... I mean, if we're struggling with, with patience or struggling with joy through mm -hmm. circumstances, how do we get ourselves on the how we do journey that? forward? Yeah, well, I see it's, it's like, um, like a physical body. We, we exercise muscles to get stronger. It's the same parallel in the spiritual world. We actually exercise these muscles. Um, Tim, who hopes to marry my daughter in July, uh, he is in CrossFit. He's a CrossFit coach. And, so, um, and Libya's in CrossFit. So they, you know, they, it's very hard work and they go every day. But when she you know, has been sick for a couple of weeks and getting back into it, uh, I hear a lot of whinging and mentioning about sore muscles all the time. Everybody knows what that's like, doesn't it? Doing the go to the gym. But after a couple of weeks, the, the mentioning, continual mentioning of sore muscles and can't sit down properly and um, goes away because they actually get stronger and used to it. Uh, like my friend Bev, who's here today, she's flown down from Yapoon to do the half marathon this afternoon in Brisbane. Now, if she just sat back and had a lazy time and had life comfortable and then flew down here and then just before the marathon, she prayed, God, I want you to make me fit and not let my muscles hurt. And after she collapsed, you know, before she got a kilometre down the track, she goes, God, it's all your fault. I prayed and you didn't answer my word. Yeah. So it's about, we can't blame God for the hard times we have at times because they're the things that we need to work on. He meets us there, but we need to, to work on them. That's good. So I guess it's like we shouldn't be looking at you know, God like the pentadol in the sky. You know, we're going to put it to God, he'll fix it up, and he's going to fix the problem up. You know, it's more than just that, isn't it? It's more yeah. than just going to God and saying, hey, God, I want this, I need this. Mm. And that was my, my early Christian life. It's like, yeah, God's going to, he's got to, oh, I'm uncomfortable, you've got to help me. Pick, yeah. you know. and, and it's treating like a big asparagus panel in the sky. I like what Alan Meyer says in um, Careful's Recovery. He says that if our teeth need straightening, we can pray about it, but God doesn't normally do dental miracles. It's, um, we can get them fixed by going to the dentist. He can put braces on, and over the next 12 months, it's uncomfortable and it's painful. He's, he's tightening these braces to straighten our teeth. I think our, our, 
our values are like the same. We're, we have vices, which is the opposite, the negatives, the evil. Um, we're actually straightening and tightening, and it's uncomfortable as we grow through it, but we get there. Um, now, it wasn't easy for Jesus. So if it wasn't easy for Jesus, what do we expect? Like, he, Jesus even felt abandoned and, you know, God didn't care about him when yeah. he was on the cross. He said so. And so, but Jesus said, I count it a joy. Like, he saw the big picture. And even though he's going through a hard time and going to go through a hard time, he saw the big picture and saw, this is a joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. It gives us strength to go through these things. So if Jesus... God allowed Jesus to have a hard time to help him grow for a greater good, well then, what's he going to do for us? Because these values that we're growing in, they're the things that are going to last for eternity. He wants us to be with him with these gems and stones, not the wood, hay and stubble that's going to be burned up in 2 Corinthians 11. Something that you talk a bit about, Russ, too, is, is vices. You know, we've got your values, and, and with vital projects actually producing an app that's going to be used with young people to measure, I guess, the, the, the progress they're having around the um, training that they get. And it's about every value having a vice. Mm -hmm. So do you want to explain a bit of that? Yes, yeah, so every, po every positive, every you know, ministering angel, these values have a negative. Um, scripture talks about the, the Colossians, talks about the angels have left their posts and they've gone negative and they're going to, there's a place bid for them, which is hell, for it's because they've done that. But they, they are the influences, they're the negative. And when you read scripture and Paul writes his values, the virtues of God, encourages us to grow, um, he, always, all, he nearly always lists the, the vices, the negative. If you go back to Corinthians 13, um, I've just extracted the negatives out of those same verses. So love is not jealous, it's not proud, or boastful or rude, it doesn't demand its own way, it's not irritable. Uh, it doesn't record being wronged. It doesn't rejoice with injustice. So there's, we've got these vices, these negatives that we grow through or grow out of. We can't all of a sudden be responsible. We, we start irresponsible at something or incompetent and we grow more competent. Mm. And that's just that's the way it is. So we can't all of a sudden be there or be good or be loving, but it's growing through these values, taking them on as a challenge um, to get there. That's slowly tightening the the braces of their spiritual yeah. life. Mm. It's often to do with fear, like there's, there's fear to, to take on those things through feeling uncomfortable in the circumstance we're in. Yeah, I see, I see fear as is, is, um, Satan's biggest weapon. Yeah. Um, we have the fear of, of failure or even the fear of success or of being rejected or not being accepted into a group. And so fear, um, fear becomes part of our culture and we're saturated in this media um, blended culture that, that with all the ads they just <clears throat> they're coming at us all the time like you know you're worth it or um, you deserve this or get it now uh, what are you waiting for and particularly for a, you know this generation growing up that's all they see and know this is a car what a feeling get that feeling now so there's no delay of self gratification there's no self control um, or not much it's like a you know, two-year-old chucks a tantrum because they can't get what they want. We can, uh, we can throw you know, adult-type tantrums because we're not getting what we want. We, yeah. you know, but we have this fear of being uncomfortable, of not you know, being without or not being accepted or uh, failing. I think God, you, you know, so I think Satan uses fear. 
I think um, it's not just his biggest weapon, but all through the Bible it says, fear not. Yeah. 380 times, more than one a day, it says, fear not. Like there's a certain theme there that God wants us not to fear. So there's two types of motivation. Do you know what they are? Core motivation, the things that always motivate us. Okay, so there's fear and pain, fear of pain. Fear and pain and there's love and desire, desire to do the right thing. So how often does, how much does fear control us? We'll say everybody's done assignments here, I take it. So you, you get an assignment to do and it's just a pain, isn't it? It's like you, you fear losing your social life and your freedom and it's, it's a pain to think and come up with this stuff. So, so you let it go till the night before and all of a sudden, you know, it's going to be a bigger pain if you fail. So you stay up all the night before trying to get this assignment done, hoping you... So it's all fear motivated and often that's a lot what motivates us. Yep. Whereas with love, like the other, other example, you can drive to even church coming here and keep the speed limit and like you're keeping the speed limit because you might get caught. Um, and you've got to make sure you keep on that dial. So there's stress, an underlying stress with it. And there's fear-based control. And that's what they want. Or you can come with uh, an attitude of love and desire. So I love God. I desire to do the right thing. So I'll just keep the speed limit. So there's a peace, there's, you know, and out of love. And there's no stress and underlying angst with that. So everything we do, we can just check whether what's motivating us today. So am I reading my Bible? Of course, oh, you know, I, I don't want to... God's going to whack me over the head or I'm going to get punished today somehow? Is that fear-based? That's not what God is. That's not where God comes from. It's about, no, I want to do this. I, I desire to do it. I'd love to do it. Yeah. So with part of what you're saying, though, I mean, obviously there's certain insecurities that we have that you know, we do fear things, that we want to avoid them. Mm. So really what you're saying is that we should tackle them straight on. We should go head, head first into it. So if we're scared of public speaking, we should be coming up here and tackle on the stage in front of 100 people. Is that the sort of thing people mm. should do? Yeah, come on up. <laughs> um, yes, a uh, great example I had of... of um, there's a, one of the ladies, uh, she's a Christian pastor, um, Kathy. she came on one of our training programs we were doing and she, I, heard her, you know, I overheard her mention just another group saying that um, she doesn't fear things anymore. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Because at the end of that training program we had... Um, a high adventure activity called the, the Pampas Pole. Now, the Pampas means uh, disposable nappy uh, brand in the States. And so, I don't know if you can see it here, it's at nearly 9, 10 metres high. And she, like, she was nearly 50 at the time, and when we came to do it, um, she'd never done any high ropes or height stuff before. She just climbed up there, um, looked around, giggled, and then did a cartwheel off the thing. This is her, this cartwheel. And she really didn't have any fear any you know so she was absent of um of appropriate she had appropriate fear you know, or concern like, how do you, you handle know, that safety how so. do you go with it do you do those yeah, things yeah i can do those things I, i'm the rope instructor i'm normally telling other people to do That's it but i have I to do it to get there <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's being absent being freedom without fear is just a an amazing feeling and just looking at what her life was and that was a real goal for me but she'd been through a hard life and she'd developed lots of spiritual muscles and her braces had been tightened a lot spiritually. And she, but she'd reflected on that and then used that to, to just push past any fear. 
Um, so often our insecurities, our embarrassment, um, our shyness is our pride showing. And, you know, God resists yeah. prou- the proud, it says. But I don't think, and I, I don't think God actually resists it. We're just in a zone where he can't help us. It's, res- it's a resistance because he can't help us. We're, we need humility to connect to God and he, then he blesses. So if we give in to our fear of rejection um, and if we're feeling not good enough, well, that stops our fruit growing. We need the courage um, to actually deal with the fear. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's a great quote there about, you know, having courage doesn't mean the absence of fear. It means actually facing our fear and actually working through it. You know, I've had such a huge week this week and just preparing for this talk, I didn't have enough time. Uh, and all my fears and insecurities come in. So, what are they going to think of me? It's going to reflect bad on our ministry. It's, it's going to make sense. Are they going to waste their time? Uh, and so, those insecurities come to, to come to your mind. It's that no, I want to push those back. And it's through God. He gives me my strength. Through my weakness, He's strong. So, it's about using Scripture to push those those fears back and using it. That's good. So, I mean, it's so easy, I guess, in terms of that, to, when things aren't going our way, we're feeling insecure, and we're feeling we're in a tough situation, it's easy to blame God, isn't it? And say, mm-hmm. God, what am I in this situation for, you know? Blame the disappointments on God, because, you know, God loves us, he cares for us, he's there for us, but again, that's that whole penadol in the sky thing, isn't it? Yeah. So, in reality, you know, God's given us a chance to grow, isn't he? He has, and it's, you know, in my journey, I grew up in a, in a small conservative church, so showing any emotion was... was you know, that was, wasn't the culture, it was wrong. And showing any sort of charismatic or Pentecostal sort of, uh, or having anything to do with them, was, you know, that was on the wrong side of the tracks. And so when I started exploring other churches and even coming here, it was a real challenge for me just to raise my hands humbly and, and worship God. And I realised it was my insecurities and pride that actually stopped me doing that, stopped me actually worshipping God. I had a deep faith, I've been Christian all my life, but... I actually wasn't, my works were dead. It, was, it wasn't expressing itself out through me. I had fear actually controlling me. Mm. So once I grew in courage and humility, it gave me so much freedom just to worship God and be who he wants me to be. You know, I'm, I'm naturally shy and introverted and I was really insecure when I was in my mid-teens. But now I, you know, I realise I, d- I didn't have any excuse to be shy or reserved. The joy of the Lord has to flow through. And so Satan, using fear to trip me up, stopped, me, stopped God from using me. So my faith was dead a lot of times, even though it was strong. It was dead because my works weren't flowing out. I was doing a lot of the right things, but it, uh, it was lopsided. So now I know that if I take on any challenge that comes along, like, oh, wow, that's a bit uncomfortable, right, eh? Let's get into it. Let's take it on. That's the adventure of the Christian life. It's not showing away. It's not feeling comfortable. It's about getting out there and feeling uncomfortable and getting used to that feeling and taking that on as an adventure. It's, uh, it makes it fun. So even you know, breaking the fear, you know, there's so much fear out in our community, we should be better. We're standing in line at the Woolies checkout or the service station, people you know, don't look at each other and it's like, oh, how are you going? Having a good day? Or the weather's, you know, just break the ice and break those relationships. You know, Satan hates relationships and our securities can help him out if we don't break through those as well. Okay? 
It's just little steps at a time, so little tightenings over the year, like the braces, and our spiritual lives. Mm. That's good. So you spoke, we spoke a bit about, like, obviously, you know, being shy and all that sort of stuff, but, you know, God worked with that to develop you. So mm-hmm. there's a bit in that, I guess, for each of us. We've all got certain ways that we are, like, you know, I might be a certain way, you're a certain way, and mm. how does that, that play out that we have to come to that common place where God wants us to be, really, rather than be extreme and certain? Yeah, it's, it's taking on our weaknesses as a strength. You know, I, I might be, um, um, you know, I find it really easy to be pretty patient. You know, yep. computer breaks or, you know, I've got a lot of patience, but, but say, Michael, you don't, right? Just pretend. Perhaps. You don't, right? And so, but this past week, you know, I put up a lot of patience, a lot of things happened, uh, and it was easy for me, whereas you held your cool for, you know, 30 seconds longer than you normally do before you, you know, blew your lid. Who's, who's grown in spiritual values of patience this week? It's Michael, isn't it? So, but my advice might be I, I'm undisciplined. I don't stick to things, you know, but so where Michael could be really good at being disciplined and, and self-control. So for me, writing a list and, and um, prioritising it and then saying, okay, what do I need to do today? And working through that uh, can be mm. what helps me grow. That's so good. it's about finding what we, we do. Um, there's a, just to cycle back, there's a great quote about the hill. Can you all read it for us? Read along with me. Can we get it on the side screens? It says, uh, oh, you can see at the back. So running up the hill is a killer. Come on, you've got to read with me. Okay, ready? Running up the hill is is a killer killer until until you adapt adapt to to the the hill. hill. Then Then it's it's not. not. The hill hill is the same, but you are different. And as a result, so is your experience. Easy or hard, it's all about about you, not not the hill. So don't don't wait wait for your hill hill to change. change. Very good. Okay, it's about reframing what we're doing and going through. You know, I work with uh, a lot of broken people and really hurt, but it's just reframing it and saying, listen, I know you've been through a lot of damage and things, but you're still coming, you're still turning up at church. That's good. Uh, sorry, you're still coming, to, you're turning up at school or wherever you're going. So for you to just to come here and turn up, even though stuff's even happened last night, just imagine the resilience you, you've grown in and the strength of character and the determination and resolve and... and uh, commitment like you've grown in these really really strongly now guess what compared to someone who's grown up in a really easy home and found it found life easy you're going to make it a lot more in life now you just need to balance that with you know some patience so you don't lose your cool and some self-control but as people young people or anyone grows more in christ-like values it actually claims a spiritual ground against the vices and more god feels in their life so how does that sort of fit in with discipleship, I guess? It sort of sounds about like sanctifying, becoming more like Christ in our values. Yep. So how does that all tie in with discipleship? Well, yeah, it's, it, it fits perfectly. Like, how can people understand um, the good news, that's what the gospel means, the good news if they don't know what true love is? If love just means, you know, warm feelings and sex to someone, or well, saying, oh, God loves you, what, is, what does that mean? And a lot of young people today, they're not, they're not committed to anything. And so if you come along and if they don't trust people, they don't have faith in anything, they, haven't, they don't even know what, they haven't experienced forgiveness, let alone understand what it is. Um, 
or self-sacrifice, if we come along with the gospel and say, oh, you know, Jesus sacrificed his life for you because he loves you, you know, put your faith and trust in him and he'll forgive you and make a life commitment. It's like, mm. they, they don't understand. That's why uh, Matthew 28, it's goes go make disciples of the good news, like help them. Not, it doesn't say converts, it doesn't say go around converting everybody, make disciples. The, the converting is, you know, the Holy Spirit does that, that's an outcome of discipleship. So every time that we can help someone feel a bit more respected and loved, uh, experience forgiveness, um, trust, commitment, um, and help them reflect on that and how much they're growing in it, they can actually see more of God in their life and understand what the gospel, the good That's news good. is about. Does that make sense? And I think um, we just can't, you know, the, the seed's sown, but the ground's really hard. And But helping young people, helping people uh, understand their, their values and growing in them, um, that softens the soil for the, the seed to, to grow. That's great. Now, I mentioned earlier it'd be a bit interactive today. So, Russ, can you demonstrate to us or show us an example of how we can grow in those in some values right now. Okay, how would you like to grow in through the Spirit sitting right here? Yeah. Would like to do that? Right. so we're cycling back to this activity, right? So, what is it going to take? Now, we've got some values on the screen here. What is it going to take for you to grow to do this activity? What things, what values? Now, this is just a few of the 60 we work on uh, in our ministry and help people grow in. Um, I'll just explain detachment. Okay, detachment means not letting not letting your feelings control you. Okay, Jesus didn't want to. He didn't want to die on the cross. He said, "If I can get out of this, you know," but he detached himself yeah. from his feelings. Said, "No, I'll do what I'm I'm supposed to do." Okay, and so pick a feeling there. Oh, no, sorry, pick a pick a value or a couple of values that you would need to be able to do stand up, pair off with someone, um, and. And if it's easy for you, pair it with someone you don't know. Just increase the challenge. And uh, what values that you might grow in or need to do this crazy little activity. Okay? You ready? Yep. Okay, if you wouldn't mind standing up. This is, you don't have to, but this is challenge by choice. But uh, if you want to have Let's a go. Find, <laughs> yeah, who's someone for Carl? Carl's by himself. Carl's alone. Or I'll see your pastor in the front row. Phil? <laughs> Phil, we've got Carl down there. Here we go. Okay, so it's, it's the same hand vertical on the one side. Okay, same hand vertical on the one side. And you get a bunch of fingers like this for your fingernails, poke your fingernails out, and then you put it in the palm of the other person's hand. Okay, so you get a hold of there. You can look at each other but not smile or laugh. And then in a moment I'm going to say go, and then you've got to tickle them and try and make them laugh. You ready? Go. You can pull faces. Can't get that laugh there. <laughs> Such a serious group. Right, okay, that's enough. Thank you. Carl laughed. Did you laugh, Carl? Carl laughed. You laughed. <laughs> so we can... That's good. All this morning we've been talking about values and, and, and there can be nice ideas. You think, oh, maybe that's a good idea. But it's just beliefs still. Okay, it's just knowledge. Unless we integrate it, unless we actually work it out, do something about it, um, it's dead. It's not. It's meaningless. We all know. I think people who maybe have gone to church for years and years, but they're still um, they haven't grown spiritually. They've still got bad attitudes. And so it's not about what you know. It's about how much we express this and work this out and take on the challenges. 
So who found that really easy? A few people found that easy? Okay. And then, and who found it a bit challenging? Okay. So those who, um, those who found it easy, well, you know, you've, you've shown a bit of kindness and a bit of love and had a bit of joy, right? So it's, so it's, it's fine and you're, you're a place where you can find it easy. Whereas those of us who found it a challenge, well, was it a challenge? <laughs> uh, those who found it a challenge, well, then you've actually grown in just a you know, small amount, but you've actually taken it on and grown in, in spiritual fruit. And you leave here today grown in fruit, in fruit just not as head knowledge. Um, This is my challenge for you here today, is to, every verse you read, when you're going through your Bible reading, okay, so it shouldn't be just, I believe it should, I should be reading the Bible every day, or I believe I should join a small group, or I believe that I should give, it's about doing it, otherwise it's dead. So I would uh, challenge you that every Bible verse you read, push it through your values filter and say, okay. That's a nice verse, but what values do I need to grow in to actually achieve this verse, to get near it, incrementally? Okay, I've got a short verse here that's um, just a couple of lines. I'll read it. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself, enter the silence, bow in prayer, don't ask questions, wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Take it full face. The worst is never the worst. I love the version. Just really puts it in our context today. Now, what values would you take? Would you think you'd have to grow in to be actually even achieve this verse? Can I give you 30 seconds just to turn to someone and just talk about? And you've got some of the values up there. There's plenty of others. Um, For you to able to achieve this verse about um, doing this. What values? Okay, 30 seconds, go for it. Right, eh? I hope you came up with some there. You did? Um, when I did my, when I read this through just a couple of weeks ago, I just, um, these are the sums, I'll just put them on the screen, these are the sums, some of them that I came up with. And I looked at those and I just thought, I'll just pick two. I'll work on two of these today, okay? Uh, it can be self-discipline, just discipline and, and reflection. I just want to reflect on what God's done for me. I found with values, if you don't reflect on them, experience in them and then reflect on them, um, well then you don't really own them, you haven't got access to them. But you realise, oh wow, I grew, I grew today, I a lot of commitment or determination or patience. Like, okay, I can, I can use that tomorrow. All this. So we've got to reflect on it. You know, count your blessings. Look at what we've got. And they mount up. So my challenge is for you to, every time you read your Bible, look for the values. I wanted to have a values handout card, but that just didn't work for us today. Um, We do have a pack of values cards you can buy off our Vital Projects website if you're really keen. But um, 
I'd encourage you to yeah, look at values. That's the engine room. That's what everything comes from. And um, so I hope this makes sense today. It's just it's just so many layers of this, and I've been trying to keep on the, the top layer. Um, but it's a lot of fun exploring and taking on values as an adventure. That's great. And not letting them scare us. Thanks, Mike. That's good, Russ. I, I guess you know, and, and like a topic like this, just tying it all back to the gospel, really, and, and understanding, you know, values, the fruit of the spirit. You know, we have Jesus there to guide us and help us. You know, Jesus, he came. He, he demonstrated values. He demonstrated the fruit and the way he lived his life. He died for each and every one of us, so we would have that relationship with him. So it's really important that we all know that. It's not something that we're going to conjure up in our own flesh. And we're not going to set up today and say, I'm going to get better in patience today. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. You know, my own strength because you're not. You, you need Christ. And it really all centres back to Christ. So, you know, you, Russ works in a really unique area because he's often working at, you know, unchurched people, you know, and instilling these Christ-like values, which is really exciting. But, um, but, you know, for us to really um, take it forward where we're at, is, it's really about, you know, pointing back to Jesus and looking back to Jesus and, and looking at the example that he, he laid before us. So um, I really encourage you, though, to really, you know, those slides are up there, there's a number of values there, you know, and see what that was that spoke to you. you know, there must have been, I'm sure there would be something that speak to each and every one of us. I know I could look at a couple there and, and yes, patience isn't my strength. So Russ knows that pretty well about me. So it's something that I know I need to continue so to yes. work on and it's not going to just fix itself just in my own strength. I need to continue to, to press into Christ with that but you know continue to keep this handy on your fridge I hope this one come with my fridge I brought it with me today and um, you know we're going to continue through this series on I will and there's still go and serve to come I take it Carl so there's still some more messages to come on that so you know thanks Russ for that really appreciate what you shared today you know if yep clap in a second just one sec if you've got questions for us around this I think something that's really special with vital projects is the difference it makes in lives. You know, I'm privy to so many fantastic testimonies of people that have, you know, just really applied values to their life rather than rules. Rather than rules, I'm doing it because there's a rule, understanding the value and applying to the life. And then being aware of the vice, you know, I think it's really exciting stuff what, what Russ works with here. So if you want to have a chat to Russ about it later, he'd, he'd, be, he'd love to talk to you about it. Um, come and have a chat to myself as well if you like, but there's a lot to take away. So mm. thank you, Russ.